Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. that you just heard on your screen there. I want to talk about what's possible in the kingdom of God when we believe that God is for us, that he's with us, that he's in us, and that he moves through us. What is possible when we believe those truths? Transformation. Transformation is possible as we see God do what only he can do in us. But we've got to believe first that he's for us. Otherwise, we think he's this mystical presence that does our bidding. And then when he doesn't do what we want him to do, we scoff at him and we're like, oh, you didn't do that thing I wanted you to do, God. Right? And you're not really for me. No, the problem was that you were for you. (laughs) Right? We are for us. We forget that God is for us. So we don't lay our plans down, our dreams down, our... uh, calling down for him to come and move and do what he does best, which is to show us how he's for us in the full glory of our lives, in the fullness of himself. So he honors your chosenness and your authority as you know that he's for you. What does that mean? It means that he values who you are in his kingdom enough to give you chosenness, to set you apart for something, and to give you authority. And in our immaturity sometimes, we take that and we put ourselves on top of all of that and in that authority, and we begin to develop our own ideas and our own dreams and our own calling, and we build our own desires. We build our own world, our own kingdom, instead of laying it at his feet. So what will change in us as we believe these things? So I started to go through the scripture to see where is it showing that God is for us? Everywhere. I'm just going to, like, spoiler alert, or that wouldn't be the right term, but it's everywhere. The entire Bible is all about God being for us, that he lavishes his love on you, giving patience and encouragement, an eternal hope, a future, promising good gifts, healing, peace of mind and heart. These are the gifts. Healing, peace of mind and heart, faith, wisdom, knowledge, a life of holiness, authority, favor, 
purpose, vision, revelation, grace. Anybody need those things? So I believe knowing that he's for us, for you, will motivate and prompt us to build and dream and do. So that's really what I want to focus on. I want to focus on four keys today. That we identify the dream that God's placed in us, knowing that he's for us. That we identify the author. That we identify the obstacles. And that we identify the next steps. If you believe God is for you, then what are you believing him for? If you believe God is for you, then what are you believing him for? Do we see that? We're going to believe him for something because he takes us from glory to glory to glory. And that glory is to reveal himself to the earth. So if you believe God is for you and say, I believe God is for me. Let's start with an agreement. I believe God is for me. He is not against me. He is not against me. He is for me. Then what are you believing him for? When I was growing up, I had this picture in my house that moved rooms, but it was this little girl that had these, she was trying on like some old dresses and stuff and big hats and big shoes and all this. And it said very sweetly, God gives us dreams a size too big so that we can grow into them. He takes us from glory to glory to glory. And when you believe he's for you, there's evidence in the form of dreams causing us to believe in greater things, in greater glory being revealed in us. And I think this is an important place to do this because there's this season of hope that we're in, this hope of Jesus coming. Coming for what? For us. For what? To do something. Otherwise, he'd, he'd take us with him already, but we're still here. Are you still here? Me too. <laughs> So there's a work that he's called us to do, and he's planted dreams in our hearts. And we have to transform our thinking, transform our minds to come into agreement with what he says about who we are. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way we think about who he is and who we are and what he's called us to do. Then, say then, then, after we've changed our thinking, believing God is for us, he's with us, he's in us, he moves through us, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing. Another translation says you will discern. And I think this is a place where we get mixed up. Because we believe and agree that there is no junior Holy Spirit, right? Amen? There is a spiritual maturity, though, that we have to grow into and understand who God, what his character is, so that we can discern when we hear the not junior Holy Spirit, or if it's us. We'll be able to decipher and discern because we've grown in maturity to know who that is, who's speaking It's a greater purpose than you have for you. 
Our purpose oftentimes is to be as comfortable as possible. Do your dreams, when you evaluate your dreams, are they like, it's because I want to be laying on a beach somewhere, far away from this place and everyone. I'm sorry to tell you, that's not God's best for you. It takes you out and away from people. And people are the reason that you're here. They're the crown of joy on your head. Did you know that's what the scripture says? Some of us don't walk around believing that people are the crown of joy on our head. <laughs> Anyone else? Especially if you were Black Friday shopping? Just kidding. Okay. I was, and it's not true. So they're a crown of joy on our head, but we want to stay as comfortable as possible. Choosing our dreams in comfort. Our friends in comfort, our neighborhood in comfort, our bank account in comfort, our house is built in comfort, and that comfort has made us sedentary. We're not moving and active in our faith. We're staying as still as we possibly can with as little movement or shaking as possible. That is not a transformed life my friends. That doesn't move us any place that God's called us to be. It's time to dream his dreams. His dream for you is to reveal himself to you and through you to others. Does your dream give him space to do that? We're going to find out. I want to start with the prophecy of Simeon in Luke 2. So if you want to turn in your Bibles there, Luke 2, chapter, nope, that is the chapter, verse 25 through 32. It says this. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. This is the dream that Simeon has. The Holy Spirit revealed something to him that caused him to awaken and stay alert to the things of God so that he would see it. He's a prophet who went into the temple every day, served the Lord and the people. And then it says that day. Everybody say that day. There is a that day for your dreams. There is a that day. There may have already been that day in your life. And I'm here to tell you that God has another dream for you because there's another day that's coming that he wants to reveal himself again to you and through you. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So that, to me, means that he wasn't supposed to be there, or maybe it was his day off. I don't know. But that day, he was specifically led to the temple by the Holy Spirit. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, working within the system of the law and the customs of that, the Lord revealed himself to Simeon, where he was already working 
already doing the job that God had called him to do. Simeon was there right at that exact moment. And he took the child in his arms. He knew exactly what he saw when he saw baby Jesus. He knew him as the Messiah in that moment because the Holy Spirit prompted and alerted him. He had discernment to know the good and pleasing and perfect will of God because he walked in spiritual maturity. The sovereign Lord, he said, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. If there's a dream in our heart and we are not pursuing it with the Lord, there is unrest in our soul. There is unrest in our soul. There's a thing that God has called us and purposed us to do, and it's unsettled until we see it happen. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. That's the purpose of Jesus coming to reveal, and that is our purpose too, to reveal who the Father is, that he is good and that he is for us. And Jesus was called to the people of Israel and to us, as we would soon find out. Who are we here for? So the first place I want to activate us today is to identify our dreams. There was a dream that Simeon had And he knew exactly what it was. If he didn't know what it was, we wouldn't know what it was. So this is not the time to go, I don't know if that's from the Lord. We're going to get there. Lay all your dreams out. Lay them all out. Tell them to the Lord. Write them down. Whatever they are, get them out of you on paper or to someone who you're accountable to or your partner or somebody your prayer partner, your husband or wife. Tell someone and identify those dreams, but we have to tell ourselves first what they are. What are they? And then as you open them up, you start to evaluate, who does this serve? Who does this benefit? Is it me on an island by myself somewhere? Who does that serve? Who does it benefit? When John was on an island... He was still serving and benefiting others, writing letters to us that we still have, the Apostle John. He wasn't there because that's where he longed to be. He wasn't working toward that goal. He was there because he was under persecution. You guys with me? Are there so many of us that just want to be on an island by ourselves? Did I I accidentally call you out? All right, the next one, what are your plans? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Are they for good? And who benefits? Next, we're going to identify the authors. Maybe you're already at that point. You know exactly what your dream is. Move on to identify the author. Is this from the Lord or is it from me? How can I tell? One place the Lord has called me to be with him over and over and over is whose name is glorified. Whose name do I seek to glorify? Is it my name? Is it his name? Is it somebody else's name? Or is it his name? 
Is it my family name or is it his name? So one day in my journal, I'm you know, sharing these dreams and things that I have with the Lord. This is what we do often. And I'm writing them down. And the Lord said, write my name up at the top of your journal. And so I did. Jesus Christ, real big. And he said, okay, draw a big line. I drew a big line. Write your name. My name. My name. Your name, Lord, is above every name, every dream that I have, every desire of my heart. Your name is above every other name, especially and first my own. We are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Whose name do I want glorified? Now, I I spent some time on this because I think this is kind of sometimes where we lack that spiritual discernment, that where we're growing in maturity with the Lord. And I think there's plenty of places in my life I'm still growing in a lot of maturity and discernment, understanding the voice of God um, and knowing what he's saying. And so there's key questions to identifying the author. And if you want to screenshot this, I'm going to go through pretty quickly here. What is the foundation? The first question you're going to ask is, what is the foundation? Isaiah 28, 16 says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. So whatever your dream is, If it's a business that you're starting, it's a ministry that you're starting, it's a place where you see needs help, who's at the cornerstone of what you're building in your reputation, in your success, in your financial goals? Who's at the cornerstone? You can't build and then decide to take that one out and put it in later. It has to be built with the cornerstone in place first And then everything can be built around it. That one's settled and secure. His name is Jesus. And whoever believes that this is the way things are to be built, the the foundation will always be secure. Nothing can ever shake it. The economy can't shake it. Years ago, when we were building, starting our business, it's like 15 years ago, I think, Um, We were building our business before I was ever involved in the church the way that I am. And we wrote everything down on a piece of paper and said, Lord, this is our dream. We don't know which part's from you because we're still learning to hear your voice. But this is everything that we dream of. It was after my husband had lost his job and we were taking a huge leap of faith in an economy that was suffering, especially in real estate. And so we started to build around what we heard the Lord saying, what we knew his good and perfect and pleasing will was. And that became our business. And in every economic turn, highs and lows, the Lord has sustained us. Now, it hasn't always been easy. There's been definitely some places where we had to pull back. We had to show restraint. We had to... Um, build differently. But the Lord has never shaken us out of that place because we built with him. That was something that we did well. 
I'm so glad he was with us on that one and we were with him. That it's still sustaining for us. Praise God. So the second one is, does it require faith? Your dreams should be not just hard, but impossible without Jesus. Does your dream require faith, or can you do it all by yourself without him? We play it so safe. We're afraid to dream big dreams. We want that comfort, that sedentary life. Jesus is sharing the dream of an eternal home in heaven with his disciples when he tells them this, something that they can't understand, that, they, that is seemingly impossible. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know, and you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. I don't want to have any faith. Just show me what this is going to look like. You ever want to be there? Me all the time. Could you just show me what you're talking about? Show me the steps. Show me how I'll get there. Show me what this is going to look like and how long it's going to take so I know exactly how much patience I need to pray for until you do the thing that I've asked you to do. And he's like, no. No. I'm going to show you myself. How about that? And that's what he tells Philip. Jesus replied, have I been with you this whole time? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe? Don't you have faith? That I am the Father, I am in the Father, and the Father is me. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. So he's like, I've been showing you my goodness. I've been showing you that I'm for you. I've been showing you how great life with me is. You're going to have to believe and trust me now you got to take a step of faith, a leap perhaps. For some of us, it's a step. For some of us, it's a leap. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Believe, have faith, he says. And if you do, you'll do greater works. You'll take greater leaps. You'll take bigger steps because he's taking us from glory to glory. Next one is their favor. Is there favor? Where there is faith, there is favor. Where there is faith, there is favor. Because you're not acting in your own accord. You're acting with the Lord. Your faith is in him. There is favor. Because I'm going to be with the Father, you can ask for anything in my name, it says, and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. He's already entrusted us with these dreams. And when we walk by faith, we're saying, I, I trust you, and you trust me. Now we're in relationship together, so now I have your heart. And that takes maturity for us to transform our thinking and to align with his heart. But he says the product is you get to ask for anything in his name. 
because he knows you won't misuse or abuse it. Remember, you've been chosen and set apart, and you have authority. What does authority mean? It means you can ask for things using Jesus' name, and he will give them to you because he trusts you with them, because you've been proven trustworthy. Next one is, is there a future? This means that more is going to be revealed. So check out what it says in John 14, 15 through 16. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, Revelation, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, Revelation, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you, Revelation. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live, Revelation. When I am raised to life again, Revelation. You will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and reveal myself to each of them. Revelation. He wants to give us more glory to glory as we dream with him. Is there fruit? Now, we often think in our American culture that there's fruit that's like numbers and figures and and Sometimes there is, but most of what I've found in the area of fruit is the kind that the Holy Spirit produces in me as I'm walking with the Lord in the dreams and callings that he has for me. So what we look for is, is the Holy Spirit producing fruit in us that lasts, that never sours. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our, li- in our lives, love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. Matthew 12, 33, it says a tree is identified by its fruit. If we take out that tree and put dream in, a dream, a calling, what's being produced in you, is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. The Holy Spirit only produces good fruit. So when you're looking at what your dream is producing in you, that's a good marker. Is there fruit? Am I more loving and joyous and patient as I've been walking in this dream? Is it causing division or is it building unity? That's another marker of fruit. Last year I had a dream about, I don't know, a few months, maybe a little over a year ago. Karis Stogdill stood up here and we talked about her going off to be our first sent missionary from Overflow. And I remember praying And asking the Lord and feeling this growth in me to say, there's going to be so many more. So many more. And I asked the Lord, soon, Lord, could there be more soon? But at the time, 
I didn't know anyone in this congregation that had a dream of being a missionary. Some people are like, I'll go on a trip with you, right, short term, and that's awesome. But I didn't know of anybody else that was thinking long-term missions. And yet I prayed, and yet I dreamed with the Lord. And suddenly one Sunday, a couple came up to me and said, hey, we've got some dreams the Lord's laid on our hearts. Can we meet with you? And I was like, okay, sure. And it turns out that they, that the Lord was putting in them a desire to do foreign missions as missionaries full time. And I was like, wow, I've prayed for you. I've prayed for this. And I'm with you. And how can I help you? And so I want to welcome um, Anna and Philip Mull to the stage. guys. Come and have a seat. It's on. (laughs) So this is Philip and Anna, and this is a pretty exciting thing uh, for me to be able to sit with you guys, and I'm so appreciative that you're welcoming my questions and um, sharing with the, the church what God is doing in your lives. So tell us a bit about your dream and how it started. Yeah, so uh, I guess at the start, it felt a lot like my dream. I was like, hey, there's nothing more holy than being a missionary. And piloting sounds super cool. I'm going to go be a missionary pilot because then I'll be holy and cool. Um, It's pretty cool. And uh, so there were some incredible people who came around me, prayed, and helped support me through the schooling to get all my piloting and mechanic licensing. Um, And by the time I finished the program, I was like, I don't know that this is for me. Uh, Partially just because of my own walk with the Lord and where I was, but partially because the people training me had some, some legitimate, some maybe not as legitimate gripes against large missions organizations. So it's like, what are you guys training me for exactly? Um, So I was kind of confused coming out of that. Um, But about a year and a half ago, I realized, like, this thing is just not going away um, inside of me. And it's, like, what it is that I am, I guess, dreaming for or what really it feels like this is the Lord's dream that he was like, hey, hey, you should do this. Hey, 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 I'm not going to shut up about this. Um, So at that point, I came to Anna and was like, hey, you know, I know we talked about this way back when we first started dating. Um, and I haven't brought it up much since, um, but I'm really feeling like this might be something the Lord is drawing us to. Um, so we talked, and we're like, all right, at the next Sun and Fun, which is like the huge air show that happens in Lakeland every year, we're like, we're going to go and talk to the missionaries there and just see what's up. And uh, when we were there, we met uh, some wonderful missionaries from an organization called JARS, Jungle Aviation and Radio Service. They're basically uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators Transportation Branch. Um, And that piqued Anna's interest a lot because she's a speech therapist, but also super fascinated by all things language. They're associated with, yeah, Wycliffe. So all Bible translation stuff. That's what they do. Yeah, so... so, Put that out there. Don't... 
so we kept praying and really were feeling like the Lord was saying, yeah, start pursuing this. So, all right, tell us how you knew. You gave us a little bit of a mm-hmm. picture that God just kind of wasn't letting you up. Yeah. Um, how did you know it was from the Lord? Or how have you come to understand <laughs> or are still understanding? Yeah, so it's, I, it feels a little bit like a probability chart. <laughs> like, I'm high enough on the, I'm going to do something about it, but I'm not high enough to say, like, everybody, Thus saith the Lord. This is exactly what he's going to do through me. Um, This is the fruit of our ministry in 10 years. Uh, It's more like, okay, like I really feel like this is what you're saying to move towards. Um, There has been a lot of investment and a lot of investment that just doesn't make sense into me and my life and getting to this place that I am where it's like, okay, if you've moved me to this point, it doesn't make sense for me to not keep moving forward. But also, like, I still feel an excitement about what is before us to do. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, there's a big part of our decision-making that um, we've come to just recognize the peace of the Lord in something. And if that's not there, we don't move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that peace has been very present through all of this. But we also... that. Um, the saying you can't move a parked car um, that's like that I heard in high school has been sticking with me and so we're like okay let's just move and in Isaiah 30 um, it says you'll hear a voice behind you if you turn to the right or to the left saying this is the way walk in it like redirect so we're just moving and trusting that the Lord will redirect it and he has so far mm-hmm. so. I love that yeah so good. That, doesn't that describe our faith walk so beautifully? It's just like, okay, I'm going to take this step, and there's peace. Okay, I yep, and I don't hear a redirect, and we're still moving. And you just kind of keep taking those steps, um, which is so amazing. That's awesome. So tell us about the obstacles that you faced and some of the uh, next steps that you have as you walk by faith. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a pretty big one. Uh, <laughs> A pretty big obstacle. Yes. Yeah, I, I like knowing things. I like having plans. I like them working out and being on schedule. And um, I don't think God cares so much about that. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like I am a, a big obstacle a lot of times in my need to understand this thing before I move towards it. Um, <laughs> current obstacles, money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... It, when you go to serve a community that is not wealthy like an American community, uh, it's not really uh, profitable. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've offered yourself as a living sacrifice. Yeah. So. That one. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So yeah, financial obstacle. Um, so now I want to go back real quick because Anna, I'd love to hear. We'd all love to hear what more you'll be doing. Um, while you're down there as well. Oh yeah, uh, that, where, and tell us where you are or may. So that that that's another obstacle. I'll go back yeah. to the obstacles. Um, the the unknown. I love that point in that you made of does it require faith? Well, there's a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And this past Thanksgiving, I feel like the Lord has been showing me that the unknowns are a gift. If I knew everything, I think I'd be too scared to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's, there's that, but so we don't know where we're going to be going. Um, he's got a test 
there's another obstacle. He's got a test in a couple weeks that once that's passed, we can officially become members, but it's a mechanics test that he, they need to know he can hold his own. So he'll be doing more mechanic stuff. I, however, don't work on planes. Um, I, I can't complete a tavern puzzle. So, um, <laughs> so um, I will be doing much more. Um, I am a speech therapist. Mm -hmm. And when we were up there this past um, August um, interviewing and talking to people, I was under the assumption that I'd kind of have to leave that behind. You know, if we go overseas, I won't speak the language. How am I supposed to help them speak if I don't know what they're saying? Um, and we met a speech therapist who had done therapy overseas for years um, and also met a number of people who had had to come off the field because their children needed speech therapy. And they're like, no, we need you. We need your skill set. I was like, wow, Lord, that was not expected at all. Like, but it's, isn't that like God to make something for us that it fits, it fits our skill set is what he already put in me that I already love. He's not going to take that away because he put that in me. So that's what I'll be doing is a lot more speech therapy work. I might even get to start um, some in the schools there, depending on where we go, that, that they don't have speech therapy there. So helping kids that wouldn't have it otherwise. I love that. Yeah. I love that you were willing to lay it down. Not like you were uncertain about God would that God would return it to you and yet you were willing to lay it down. I think that's a lot of that faith journey that we walk. So impressive. Um, so more obstacles and, and next steps. I want to give us an opportunity here to talk about the one you mentioned, Philip, but other thoughts about next steps and tell us what's coming up. Uh, so I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, on another part of like, how do you know this is from the Lord? So this is not the plan that I had originally laid out when I got into this. I'm not going to be a missionary pilot. Uh, I'm actually going with the hopes of being the guy to run the maintenance shop. Um, and being a guy who can go out to villages and communities to fix their generators, to fix their communication services or whatever. Um, and that's something that the Lord has been changing in me since I've gotten into this journey. I went in with like, I'm going to be a pilot and it's going to be super cool to like, I think I understand machines, how they come apart, how they go back together. <clears throat> and I think I have more of an aptitude for that than I do for the piloting and flying side of things. Um, so for me, one of the obstacles I have to overcome, especially with all this testing, is the standards that I was taught at are different than a lot of the standards that these mission organizations hold their people to as far as like procedural excellence. And so like I am having to play a little bit of catch up to meet these expectations that they have for, uh, for their tests and for their pr processes. Wow. Well, we're going to pray for you because I know that you excel uh, in the way that you study and in the way that you um, move through things. You're very deliberate. And so I know that, that the Lord um, has this planned out for you, but we're going to pray to help you be reminded of those things. The Lord would bless you on these tests coming up. So that's one obstacle and um, kind of next step for you guys. The other one is that I'm so excited about this. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Like. It's amazing. This is just unbelievable to me because um, you guys are an answer to prayer. And I know that many more will come because there's a, a lane being uh, established at Overflow Church on how to be sent. And Karis 
she pioneered that lane. Way to go, Karis. And, and news on Karis, if you're like, why is she back? <laughs> she, um, yeah, she'll, she'll be headed back out in January. Haiti has, is reopening for her, just for her, basically. The Lord has opened the door. That's how much faith we have that he's called her back there. So, um, so anyway, I'm really excited. But we do have an opportunity. If you want to give today, they're going to be out, um, out front here so you can ask them more questions, hear more about what they're doing. But we get to really see it in the infancy before we even know where they're going to be headed out to. Can you give us an idea of things that you've, or do you want to share the, the couple of places that you've, um, that you're hoping for or not even yeah, yet? So, okay. so like top of our list would just be like South America, somewhere there. Um, one, because we both know just a teeny little bit of Spanish. Um, and number two, I have a lot more experience just with that culture. I've been uh, like all over the northern part of South America and the southern part of Central America. Um, so like I, I understand that culture and I know that like that's somewhere that I can fit um, and potentially be more of a, a blessing to. Um, but as far as where JARS operates, they operate some in South America in Africa, and then a lot in Oceania, like Indonesia, Papua New Guinea. Mm. Um, so those are kind of the three main areas that they're operating at the moment. And that's because like the Amazon jungle, the amount of languages that are within that area, in Papua New Guinea alone, there's what? 300. Like 300 languages. Wow. Because it's like you climb a mountain, you get to the other valley, there's been enough geographical separation that there's now a new language in that place. and. Uh, how many of you have ever had an argument over which translation is the best translation to use? <laughs> they don't have one. Yeah. So, like, the, the opportunity to give them something that we take so for granted and to the point where we bicker about, like, oh, the message? Pff, that's not really a valid translation. But we love, we love the passion yeah. because that's more holy yeah different than the message and yeah. so like the opportunity to give them a chance to read something in their own language mm -hmm. is just like that's something I want to give my 40 hours a week to you know yeah. if if the production of my life is going to be spent on something because it's always going to be spent on something the idea of having it spent on something that generations after can enjoy and grow from and learn from like yes. that's worthwhile to me so cool yes amen can we say amen to that amen. yeah amen. so um we do have an opportunity to help them overcome this obstacle to give don't you want to give to what he's willing to put 40 hours of work into that's amazing um, so we're going to have a, we have a, a picture of them with a QR giving code. All you'll do there is um, on the drop down link, you'll see we have two missionary spots now, one for Karis, if you want to give to Karis, she's on there, and then one for missionaries, Philip and Animal. Is that, that just has a great ring to it, doesn't it? Missionaries. So cool. Um, so you can go on the drop down there or write it in the memo so we can make sure it gets to them. The other thing is all the ladies, all the ladies, okay, so this is my dance I'm doing for all the ladies. Um, that's what Beyonce did, I think. It looked like that? Yeah. Pretty close. Okay, so, 
<laughs> Are you guys laughing at me? Okay. So for the, all the ladies of Send Her on the 17th, all of your ticket sales, everything above our cost is going to go to help send her and him. So please invite your friends to that event. Please register early. Please come and join us. Um, it's going to be such a beautiful time, and it's for an incredible cause. Um, suggested donation there is $25. Of course, you can give more. Of course, you can give less. Um, whatever you give, it will be as unto the Lord. So thank you so much for that. So I want you guys to stand up here. We're going we're gonna to pray um, just a blessing over you. And then um, I've got one more point to make here with you guys. So come on over. Will you guys extend your hands for them, to them? I want to brag on you too, Philip and, and, uh, and Nathan and Ben and, and a few other men who have come out to the clubs with us. Over the last few months, you have made a way where no other men have gone with us before, but you sit in the car and you take notes for us, you hear and pray um, on behalf of the ladies, your protectors over us as we go in, and you stand guard, you, your eyes are guarded um, from the things that the enemy would want you to see and tempt you into, you are so guarded by that that you don't even want to dwell in the place of temptation, but you will approach the men that are outside with faith and humility and joy. And there's just such a beautiful thing that's happening among the men of this generation that are saying, no, we don't, we don't have any desire for that. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to be near it. But we will go to the gates of hell and bring the people out of there. It is amazing to me to watch these young men be so filled with integrity and purpose. It is unbelievable. So, Father, I thank you for Philip and Anna, that you have chosen them. You have set them apart for this good work. We come into agreement with what you're saying from heaven about who they are and what they will establish in the world because of their faithfulness to you, because of their love for you because of your power and your authority in them, that things will shake on this earth because they have stepped into the places that you've called them to go, because they've been obedient to your word, because they're walking by faith. You will astound them with your favor, Father. We speak financial blessing upon them from places that they don't know the people that are giving, but they are so in love with the mission they're so they so care for the heart of the people of the regions that they're going to lord that they will come in droves to give we speak financial blessing over them we thank you for their yes that they're willing to go where none others have gone that they're willing to bring the gospel to places of the unreached people Thank you, Father, for your anointing upon them. We say yes and amen to your promises in Jesus' name. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Amen. amen. It's so cool. So cool. So cool. Oh, I did it again. So cool. All right, I got a couple more things I just want to mention so that you guys can walk out of here feeling as equipped and ready to go wherever God would send you. The first one is your obstacles. Can you identify the obstacles in that are keeping your dreams from happening? What are the obstacles? When I was um, playing softball, there was this 
time in my youth, I was running to first base, and I go and I misjudged my cadence. And so when I went to go, I thought I was a little too far from the bag, first base. So I go to lean in, but I wasn't. And so my leg hits like this, and it hyperextends, and there I go. Bum leg. Had to be carried off the field. It was a bummer for it to have a bum leg. And here's why. Because you can't run when you've got a bum leg. You also can't carry things very well that are heavy. Some of us, our obstacles are the things like bum legs. Is it God or is it me? God, am I waiting on you to move this mountain? Or is it me that needs to steward this word that you've given me? I have a bum leg. I need to let it heal. I need it to be restored so that I can go and continue to run the race that God's called me to run. I can't run in the things, in the dreams that he's called me to do, if there's something that's not restored in my life. I will want to run, but I can't because it's broken. I will want to run. That thing will happen, that day will come, and I can't run the way that I want to because there is something that is not restored in me. Additionally, there will be places that I'm going to meet some difficulties, some adversity, and that thing is going to be really heavy in my hand, and this issue is going to be exacerbated as I try to carry this heavy thing with a limp. And God is saying, I'm going to come alongside you, and I want you to be at my pace and at my gate, not yours. I want you to come into agreement with me and who I say you are, so that you can run, and that I can hold those things that are heavy for you, and you can continue to run. But we need to lay down those things that need to be restored. We need to find the healing through Jesus so that we can do the things that he's called us to do. In other ways, we're waiting on him to move the things out of the way. Philip and Anna are stewarding their dream, amen? stewarding well the things that God has called them to do. But they are waiting for things that they can't do. They're waiting on the Lord in patience and in hope. The last point I want to make today is what are the next steps? What are the next steps for you to come into agreement with the calling and dream that God has placed in your life? What are the next steps for you? We said we're going to tell somebody, right? I'm going to tell somebody about my dream. That was the first step for Philip and Anna. They told several people to see what is it that the Lord is calling us to do. For you, timing is everything. Simeon kept his job in the temple. But the wise men didn't. I love that Pastor Cindy brought up the wise men today. They were called to go out to find the king. So where is God telling you you need to stay right where you are or you need to move? That's your first question. The next question is, what's the timing, Lord? Is this dream for now or is something being built in me so I'll be ready when that day comes? Timing is everything. My dad always told me that. 
Those things matter. So we're going to ask the Lord, am I to stay still or to move? Is this for now or for later? And we're going to start being specific with our prayers to him, which means we've got to spend time with him. Spend time with the Lord and ask him when these dreams are for and who they're for and what they mean and begin to move everything out of the way that inhibits and prohibits you from walking that out. This is the highest priority for your life so that peace will come as you grow, so that you won't be unsettled, so that you will see Jesus in the land of the living revealing himself through you. And start with what you've got. What do you have that's available to you that will allow you to move? Tommy Barnett started the Dream Center years and years ago, 20, 30 years now. You know how he started? As a preacher in a town of Iowa with a congregation of 75 people. He knew there was a great calling on his life, and he moved by faith, and he said, what do I have? There's all these people spread out all around this rural town. They can't get here on a Sunday morning. What do I have? He had a broken down bus. A broken down bus. So he asked somebody to help him fix it. He fixed the bus. He went around the town picking up people every Sunday morning, filling the pews up, and then he would preach the message. This is what he did as a pastor because he knew God called him to meet the needs of people, to care for their souls. He needed to see the people in there so he could care for the people he was literally sent to care for. So he found a broken down bus, used what he had, and went and got them. He went out into the world to preach the gospel. Now the dream centers all over the world care for millions of people. Millions of people have been saved because of his dreams that started just like that. He is for you. Are you for him? Are you for him? Will you stand with me? I want to leave you at this final point. If God reveals himself to us through our dreams, our desires, our callings, and our purpose, then ultimately we are a living reflection of God. If God reveals himself to us through our dreams, our desires, our callings, and our purpose, then ultimately we are a living reflection. Living out the dreams he's given us reveals his love for us. Living out the dreams he has given us reveals his love for us. He was for Israel when he brought them out of slavery, for Abraham when he made the covenant as he as Abraham slept, for Isaac when he provided the ram in the thicket, for Joseph when he positioned him next to Pharaoh, for Daniel when he braved the lion's den, for Jonah when he provided shade, for Nineveh when he provided Jonah, for David when he provided a cave and a kingdom, for Israel when he brought them out of exile, and for us when he sent his son. He is for you. He is for you. Are you ready to live for him? Will you close your eyes?
for me. Bow your heads. Just going to speak a blessing over you. He is for you in your growth, for you in your calling, for you in your family, for you in your health, for you in your finances. For you in your poverty, for you in your wealth, for you in your heartbreak, for you in your victory. You believe that? Say yes. Yes, I believe God, you are for me. Say yes, I believe God. You are for me. I receive your dream for me. I lay my dream down. And I receive yours. Father, may you speak and reveal to your sons and daughters who know you, know your heart for them, know your character, that you are for them, that your dreams are for them. May they be willing to lay it all down to receive your goodness with expectancy.